we're in this um, season of preparation for the preparation. We prepare to prepare. The season of Lent is our preparation for, for Easter, for Pascha, and we prepare for our preparation. With uh, uh, four Sundays, uh, maybe five, I like to think of the themes of these various Sundays as um, uh, packing in our spiritual suitcase the things that we need for our spiritual journey of Pascha. We need uh, the kind of desire expressed by Zacchaeus and by the Canaanite woman for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the, uh, to uh, pack in our spiritual suitcase for our journey the uh, humility of the publican, the repentance of the prodigal son, the uh, love for neighbor expressed in this gospel lesson today, and in forgiveness towards uh, our brother and all men. And if we can um, latch on to these things, then our journey to Pascha um, has a better chance of success, shall we say. Today's gospel begins with the Lord saying, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. What, what is this throne? A better question might be, Who is this throne? Who is this throne? St. Nikolai comments, uh, Many seers in both the former and latter days have beheld the throne of glory. Isaiah, Daniel, St. John in the book of Revelation. This throne manifests the heavenly powers on whom the Lord is enthroned. The heavenly powers. Who, who are the heavenly powers? The angels of God. You know, we, we make a lot of different references uh, to angels and sometimes they kind of, kind of go over our heads. Uh, the, the exclamation at the, begin, at the end of the great litany um, uh, we're from, from familiar with, for unto thee are due all glory, uh, honor, and, and worship. And then the, the, the exclamation on the second one is, For thine is the might, and thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Some translations say, For thine is the majesty, and thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. What is the might of God? What is the majesty of God? Or shall we rather say, ask, who is the might of God? Who is the majesty of God? Because this is a reference to the holy angels of God, the angelic host. And when God comes, He will come with the angels because He will sit on the angels because the angels are His throne.
And we're familiar with this passage read every year. This injunction for us to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the stranger, and so on. The king will answer, Truly I say to you, as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. St. Nikolai again offers for us an outer meaning of this scripture passage and an inner meaning of the passage. The outer, he says, quite obvious and apparent that we need to Help our fellow man when they ask. The Lord tests our hearts through those who seek our help. He tests our hearts through those who seek our help. He seeks that we give alms in order to soften and ennoble our hearts. To soften and ennoble our hearts. But he lets people experience hunger and thirst and sickness and suffering and poverty for two reasons. One reason. So that those who endure these things will, by this means, have their hearts softened and ennobled and will turn to God and worship Him in faith and prayer. And secondly, so that men may sense their own suffering in others. A man might see his humiliation in that of another and come to understand the brotherhood and unity of all people on the earth through the living God who is the creator and provider of all on earth. God desires of us mercy. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Does that sound familiar? Mercy. The poor man, the sick man, the hungry man is saved by the man who has means and who is touched by God and shows mercy. And the person with means, the person with the means is not saved by his own means. The person with the means is saved by the poor man who, 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 who draws out of his heart compassion and mercy towards the other and in so doing, he finds salvation in Jesus Christ. But there is uh, an inner meaning, St. Nikolai says, it has to do with Christ inside of us. Christ in us. He says, if our mind hungers for God and we feed it, we have fed Christ within us. If our heart is bare of every good and noble thing that is of God and we clothe it, we have clothed Christ within us. And if our soul is sick and imprisoned 
by being evil, by our evil actions, and we are mindful of that, and we visit that, we have visited Christ within us. In brief, if this other being within us that once took pride of place, represents the righteous man, is subjugated and humiliated by the evil and sinful man within us, and we give this righteous man protection, we are protecting Christ within ourselves. The righteous man within us is very, very small. And the sinner within us, St. Nikolai says, is a veritable Goliath. <laughs> but the righteous man within us is Christ's little brother. And the sinner within us is the Goliath-like enemy of Christ. And if we protect the righteous man within us, if we free him, if we strengthen him, if we bring him to the light, if we raise him up above the sinner so that he's completely dominant over the sinner, then we can say with St. Paul, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so as we look to see the need of our fellow man and respond to our fellow man, let us also look inside of ourselves and see how we need to protect the righteous man inside of us who is Christ within us. Today I would like to offer a third meaning. A third interpretation. As the image of a man who saw us in need. Who came and ministered to us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Twenty-five years ago, our father in Metropolitan Philip saw a struggling body of evangelicals who had embraced the Orthodox faith and who had been left on the doorstep of the Patriarch of Istanbul and who were discouraged and did not know where to turn. And he said to us, Welcome home. Our Father in Christ saw us spiritually hungry for the bread of life, and He fed us with the heavenly bread. He saw us thirsty for the true drink from the one chalice of the church of Jesus Christ and His apostles, and He gave us to drink. He saw us strangers in our own land, outcast by our own brethren, and He welcomed us. He saw us spiritually naked and He clothed us with the garment of salvation. When the deacon or the priest begins to best himself, he, he puts on this, the robe of salvation. 
We call it the Stikarium. And he says, My soul shall rejoice in the Lord, for he hath clothed me with the garment of salvation, and with the robe of gladness he hath encompassed me. As a bridegroom, he hath set a crown upon me, and hath adorned me with ornaments like a bride. This robe is the baptismal robe. The robe that each of us wears, perhaps spiritually and invisibly, but nonetheless real. This robe is the robe of the royal priesthood. The robe that each of us who were at St. Michael Orthodox Church in Van Nuys, California received in fullness on February 8, 1987 through the laying on of hands and the anointment of the Holy Chrism into the apostolic succession of Saints Peter and Paul in the Holy See of Antioch. Father Alexander Schmemann referred to the sacrament of Holy Chrismation as the ordination of a man to the royal priesthood, the holy nation. And after 25 years, maybe we wear our royal priesthood as if we always had it. And I suppose that's a good thing in a way. But we did not always have it. That is, we were not always in the communion of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We were spiritually in need of healing and in need of being made whole. And our Father in Christ stretched out His hands with these words, The grace divine, which always healeth that which is infirm, and completeth that which is wanting, elevateth through the laying on of hands. And our deacons and our priests were ordained on February 15, 1987 at St. Nicholas Cathedral in Los Angeles. And Metropolitan Philip declared with an upraised heart and mind these words of the Paschal Prochemenon. This is the day which the Lord has made. It is incumbent upon us today on this holy day, on this 25th anniversary of the extraordinary events of those days, to return thanks, to give thanks to the Almighty God for leading us through our God-ordained <laughs> leaders into this holy union, this holy marriage to the high altar and throne of the living God from which we will be judged on that great and last day. Ye holy martyrs who fought the good fight 
and have received your crowns. Entreat ye the Lord that he will have mercy on our souls. Glory to thee, O Christ, our God. The apostles boast in thee. The joy of the martyrs whose preaching was the consubstantial trinity. O Isaiah, dance thy joy, for a virgin, a virgin is with child, and hath born a son, Emmanuel, both God and man, and Orient is his name, whom magnifying we call the virgin blessed. May God grant our clergy and all the faithful many years.